Welcome to episode number 19 of In the Word with Mel Bennett, a study of scripture passages from the Word of God. We're so glad you're with us today. My name is Steve Webb, and I guess you could say that I'm the proprietor, chief cook, and bottle washer at LifespringMedia.com. We have over 2,200 podcast episodes here, and I invite you to stop by and take a look around. Today, Pastor Bennett will take a detour from the Gospel of John and will share from Luke 23, 46. He has a great message of encouragement for us today. So get your Bible out as we join Pastor Mel Bennett. Pastor, the floor is yours. Thank you, Steve. Let me encourage each one of you, first of all, today to check out this uh, website of Steve's and uh, listen to some of these podcasts that he's produced. They're really worthwhile listening to, believe me. Secondly, I want to encourage some of you to write to us. Uh, We'd love to hear from you if you're listening to this broadcast and let us know. My address is mbmelbox at gmail.com, mbmelbox at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, so write to us and let us know that you're listening. It was my original intention to continue these messages by going uh, to John chapter number 4, After much deep consideration and prayerful thought, I have decided to take a bit of time off from the Gospel of John and instead look at some important subjects from the Scripture. Today I invite you to look with me at Luke chapter 23, verse 46, where Jesus called with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. These uh, are the last words spoken by the Lord from the cross. From the agony, the beatings, the reproach, to the final, it is finished. From the agony of, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did Jesus say these words? Because he was carrying the sins of all people of all time. He calls on God to express his feeling of total rejection. After all the suffering, humiliation, and torture prior to the cross he had gone through, the Father could have said, That's enough. Call it off. It's finished. But he didn't. He let him finish the work that he had sent him to do. He could have set Jesus free at any time, but our salvation was at stake, and Jesus had to suffer and die. Note how quickly Jesus returns to an intimate relationship of a father and a son, as he puts everything in the father's hands. When he says in these words, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Not only does Jesus complete the work of the cross, but he sets for us an example and deals with three basic areas that are of vital importance to us today. Let's spend some time looking at these three areas of commitment First of all, he shows a commitment of the past. Isaiah wrote these words some several hundred years before. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Jesus Christ died for the purpose 
not a simply a cause. The purpose was to bring salvation to mankind. Satan thought he had defeated God's plan, but rather uh, he caused the word of God to be fulfilled. Matthew tells us that Jesus said, thus it must be. It had to be. He was headed with a purpose toward the cross. In other words, he was saying, this is all necessary for your salvation and for the salvation of the world to be finished and complete uh, as a work. It has to be. In committing his spirit to God, he was giving his final statement that our sins are, are dealt with once and for all. The past is taken care of. Why? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The question is, have you committed your past to God? Have you given him your life and said, Lord, here, take control? I give it to you completely and totally. This will bring us to the second point of commitment, I believe, a commitment of the present. Now he shows that we can commit ourselves into the hand of God. For today, our dying does not decide our future, but rather our living. Let me say that again. Our dying does not decide our future, but rather our living. How you live today determines what's going to happen to you in the future. Ten seconds after your death, one second after you're dead, will not matter. It's what you're doing with your life right now. Are you living today for Jesus? We live in a day in a very busy world with plenty of demands on each of us. We live in a sinful world, a world that is full of corruption and distortion and lying and cheating and stealing and all of the things that are so hectic and bad. And we also live in a busy world, as I said, where plenty of demands are on each of us. If you want to find any peace in this chaotic world, you can only find it in Jesus Christ as you commit everything and every hour to him. Your life today can never find its real value until you find the thrill of living today and every day with Jesus Christ. Did you hear what I said? Your life today can never find its real value until you find this thrill of living today and every day with Christ. Listen to Paul's words when he said, For I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. I know today whom I have believed. It is not going to matter tomorrow. Uh, uh, tomorrow will take care of itself. But it's today that I must be concerned about. When you know, as did Paul, that every part of your life is in his hands, then you can truthfully say, I know. However, you will never be able to commit the present until you have committed the past. That brings us to the third issue, a commitment of the future. In his final statement, Jesus was showing he had confidence that the Father would take care of his future. This was not an imagination. What a joy to know that we can put our future in his hands. Listen to 1 Peter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible 
and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Listen to what Peter says closely here, because this is what gives us confidence in the future. We have, because of God's great mercy, a hope for the future. I, I, I know what my future is going to be. And how did this happen? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus put his trust in the Father to take care of his future. And when he was dying on the cross, he was able to say, Father, into your hands, into your hands I commit my life, my future, my destiny, my everything. Because God came through for Jesus and raised him from the dead. We can know that God will take care of our future when we have an inheritance that is undefiled, incorruptible, and that will not fade away, waiting for us ahead. Praise God. Did you hear me? We have an inheritance in Christ Jesus that is undefiled, incorruptible, and that will not fade away, waiting for us ahead. Praise God. All of us Though we do not see it now, all is reserved for us in heaven because we are kept by the power of God. Do we have these things because of God's just absolute power and authority? Nothing can destroy or corrupt this hope in Christ Jesus. It is not a dead hope, but a living hope, something you can count on. If you have committed the past, you have committed, you are committing the present then you can also commit the future into the hands of God. Somebody said these words, Our lives which are sin-stained and rebellious against God can be made pure. Praise God. Think of that. Your life which is stained by sin, rebellious against God, can be made pure and holy through Jesus Christ. This is not of our power, but it's the power that is past released through the blood and through the cross, it brings a new life, a new creation into being. You might ask me, why do we, I need a new life? A new life is needed so that we may stand without blame before God. 2,000 plus years ago, Jesus was finishing the work of the Father had sent him to do. Now, there are some who would weep because he was dying such a horrible death. But I wouldn't encourage you to rejoice. Rejoice with me, for through his death, through that death, our past, our present, and our future have been taken care of. We have a living hope through Jesus Christ. What can we say? Have you received Jesus as your Savior? Can you say that today? If not, why not receive him now? and have a confidence for your past, your present, and your future. On April 15, 1862, Lilia N. Norris was born and passed away on July 23, 1929. It is estimated she wrote about a thousand songs. Many still are sung by the church today. In 1899, she wrote the following words of a song that I think fits this occasion so beautifully. We sing it in the church often. Listen to the words. I know God's promise is true. For God so loved this world's sinful world. His son he freely gave. 
that whosoever would believe, eternal life should have. Tis true, oh yes, tis true, God's wonderful promise is true, for I've trusted and tested and tried it, and I know God's promise is true. I was a wayward, wandering child, a slave to sin and fear, until this blessed promise fell like music on my ear. The whosoever of the Lord I trusted you for me, I took him for his gracious word, from sin he set me free. Eternal life begun below, now fills my heart and soul. I'll sing his praise forevermore, who has redeemed my soul. Tis true, oh yes, tis true. God's wonderful promise is true, for I've trusted and tested and tried it, and I know God's promise is true. Listen to that chorus again. Tis true, oh yes, tis true. God's wonderful promise is true, for I've trusted and tested and tried it, and I know God's promise is true. You see, that takes care of the past, the present, and the future. I've trusted, I've tested, I've tried it. That's the past and the present, and I know God's promise is true. God will keep his word. He has prepared for you and I a place, a wonderful place called heaven, but we can only go there as we have committed our past, our present, and our future to him, the Father, and to the Lord Jesus Christ. Join with me in prayer as we ask God to do it in our lives right now. Father, we commit our lives to you, our past, our present, and our future. We trust you, Lord, to work out everything for your glory, that we might be able to live for you and serve you all the days of our life. Lord, if there's someone listening to this podcast this morning or today, and they've never committed their life to Christ, I pray that they will do so right now and make that decision to live for God all the days of their life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. It's so good to know that when we belong to Jesus, that our past, present, and future are securely in His hands. Hallelujah. I invite you to join us next week when Pastor Bennett will talk about seven steps to the spiritual life. Be sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss it. As Pastor said in today's introduction, you can write to him at mbmelbox at gmail.com or perhaps an easier address is pastorb at lifespringmedia.com. Either address, he'll get your email. My email address, by the way, is steve at lifespringmedia.com. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.